punch trunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe it was super necessary. to episode 88 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined by Crocodile Dundee himself, the man in the NT. Adam, what's going on, brother? Mate, so good to see you. Yes, uh, on vacay slash visiting family up in the top end, Northern Territory, and mate, it's the best place Best place in the world, if you ask me, but also could never live here. <laughs> but uh, kind of some incompatible statements there. Best place in the world, but definitely could not live there. Well, I'm just aware that I'm too much of a pussy to live here, you know? Oh, uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. a city, S- Sydney City soy boy who's too busy going to Pilates and sipping down your, your oat, oat milk latte. Exactly. Like, it's funny. I, or I've said this a million times in my life, but... When I'm in Sydney, everyone at work and stuff calls me a bogan. And then when I'm here, everyone calls me a city pussy. <laughs> so I just, I just can't win. There is, no, there is no winning. No matter where you go, everyone just hates your guts. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a piece of shit and everyone knows it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying your, enjoying your holiday, spending time with the fam. Love that. Um, and... You know, you, you basically did a, an airport dash right after UFC 291. So why don't we dive right into that? Uh, we obviously consumed it in very different ways. I consumed it quietly at four o'clock in the morning to, to not to not wait my, my family. You were working and covering the event for uh, for the uh, UFC, obviously. So, mate, we got to start at the top and just gobsmacked, jaw hit the floor. Holy shit. Justin Gaethje is the BMF, and he did it in spectacular fashion. How did you react? Crazy. Who the fuck saw that coming? Honestly, I uh, I react in a panic, like a panic, even more so nowadays because we're like live clipping the event. So it's um like ah oh, shit, I've got to do work. But uh, I just sort of settled in because we, from the social perspective, like there's a whole heap of work to do as they walk in as they um all that sort of stuff like all the formalities we have to clip and put up on socials so it's like by by the end of the first round you can kind of like chill and enjoy the fight so there's actually a part of Mm -hmm. me now that always wants it to go the distance and then this happened was it the second round this happened six minute exactly one minute of the second round exactly yeah so it was like i just settled into the fight and i was just head kick ko i was like absolutely crazy um that justin gacy's power it's just it's obviously just i know we all know it's good but like that that head kick was so clean but like we've seen cleaner and that knock don't knock people out and that just fucking slept him so 
Hey, mate, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Just, just I wanted him and- to win too, so it was like I was happy in the end. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and he of course got a, a fifty thousand uh, dollar performance of the night bonus, which just adds another one to his outrageous record already of collecting post fight bonuses, <laughs> being a bonus motherfucker. Just un- unbelievable stuff. What and the way that both they both conducted themselves after the fight has just been superb. Uh, and it really begs the question, what's next for both of them? Dustin Poirier came out and sort of said right away that he's not interested in fighting the up-and-coming guys. He made it very clear before this fight, his financial future and, and that of his family is secure. The fight with Conor McGregor, the hot sauce, the other bits and pieces that he gets involved in. He doesn't need to fight anymore. And for some people, that's a red flag. If you don't need to do it, why are you doing it? Do you have that same motivation? But it's very clear from Dustin Poirier, and this loss doesn't detract from that. He is obsessed with fighting, and he wants to do it because he wants to be the best in the world. And the fact that he doesn't have to fight for the fight just to to earn a crust and feed his family makes it even more impressive that he's turning up and willingly getting into a cage with Justin Gaethje. Like, it's a special kind of sickness to want to do that, to voluntarily get in there and throw down with the human highlight reel, Justin Gaethje. So he doesn't want to fight the up-and-comers, which I understand. So there's only big fights for him. And to be honest, I'd like to see him go up to 170, have a fun fight with Colby Covington, maybe have a few, you know, there's always the fourth fight with Conor McGregor down the line if, in fact, Conor McGregor comes along. But I think at this point, we can probably say goodbye to Dustin Poirier's undisputed title hopes with the fact that he's now lost to Gaethje, who's next man up, that he's lost to, that he's lost to Oliveira and... Um, you know, in all likelihood, he would lose to, to Islam Makachev as well. So I don't see any immediate fights for, for Poirier. But for Gaethje, what do you think he does? Or what do you think he should do? Does he sit and wait? Does he take another fight? Should he try and usurp Michael Chandler and get the Conor McGregor fight? If you're Justin Gaethje, Adam, and, you know, I know it's hard for you to imagine what being, you know, being so manly, it's have we established before being a soft piece of shit that you are. I know this is an incredibly different, difficult mental exercise for you to undertake. But just imagine for a second that you were like, you, you could be one percent of of Justin Gaethje. What what do you think he should do? Uh, <laughs> firstly, fuck off. <laughs> Honestly, like, oh, this is the complete bias in me. I go, okay, Charles Oliveira, Oliveira, Islam, they're fighting for the title. Gaethje, Volk, December, BMF belt, bang. And then the winner of that fights for the, the lightweight title. That's what I want to have. And you know, you know what, mate? I haven't heard anyone mention Alexander Volkanovsky's name in the same sentence as, as uh, Justin Gaethje. I haven't heard it. And I know that's driven purely from your sick fetish fantasies about Volkanovsky. But nonetheless, I actually think it's a great shout because if Dust, if if, if um, Gaethje is to sit and wait for his shot at the lightweight belt, it could be some time because we know Islam doesn't fight too regularly. He's not; They're not fighting till October. So we're what, like three, uh, four, uh, August, September, but basically three, month, three months away. It might not be six months until Gaethje gets his opportunity to fight for the title. And I suppose he has to balance the, you know, capture, capturing his prime, which he seems to be in right now, his incredible form. He's fighting better than ever. Does he want to sit and wait uh, and, and, you know, accumulate a bit of ring rust or just, you know, get out of that 
that that mentality and that this absolutely killer mindset that he's in, does he want to do that? And fighting Volkanovsky would be a, a monstrous fight. They could headline a pay-per-view, again, for the BMF belt that he that he could make a, an absolute shit ton of money for and then cement himself as the next contender or whoever wins that fight, cement them as the true uh, number one contender for, for the next lightweight title fight, whether it's Islam Makachev or whether it's Charles Oliveira. I haven't heard anyone call that. So I love it and I would not be opposed to it at all. That's why you should listen to this. That is pod. why you should listen to the punch Room pod. And, and just on that, how, how, how is your mate Volk? How, uh, how, how's he doing? <laughs> He's doing good. He's doing good. Excellent. Good to see. Good to see. How and how did the how did the Q and A go? It was pretty cool to see the UFC uh, UFC logo there at, at such an iconic place as uh, as you know at Sydney Harbour. That was really cool. Yeah, it was special. So for those that don't know, we had our the sale week for the UFC 293 Sydney card, which meant we also had like a fan Q&A, a bit of a promotion with a couple of the pay-per-view partners. And it was right in Circular Quay, um, the backdrop of the Opera House there. Got a beautiful night as well, weather-wise. It was just all perfect. But yeah, uh, a, a part of that too, we had to film a couple of other videos during the week, which are all uh, like to do, like all part of Destination New South Wales and government-related things. But yeah, got to spend a bit of time with Bam Bam one of those days, and a bit of time with Volk the next day. And uh, yeah, it was fucking cool. And have you have you stopped profusely sweating in your underwear every time you speak to Volk and swelling your trousers? Have you managed to get that under control? Or yeah, mate, fake it till you make it. You know? <laughs> I just got to pretend I don't care. Internally screaming. You're just ne- just negging Volk, just constantly here. Yeah, yeah. Not not impressed, mate. Just con- just constantly. Next time I'll plant. I'll plant that seed next time, the BMF seed. Obviously, it was before the Gaethje fight when I saw him. So next time I see him, I'll be like, mate, you need the BMF belt. You're, you're, you're the real BMF. And there you go. We'll take take it from there, hopefully. Do you, rec- <laughs> do, do you reckon he'll, um, he'll sort of be able to understand what you're saying with his penis in your mouth? Or <laughs> Yeah, he will. i got a pretty big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, you should absolutely pitch that to him and, and get that going i absolutely love that idea um volk being being a bit of a bmf i'm i'm sure he'd be uh, he'd be right up for that as well so yeah let's make it happen let's start it it all started at punch drunk pod it all started today with adam's tremendous idea i absolutely love it um but yeah just what an incredible story would you like to see these guys do the trilogy? Because Dustin, Justin said he doesn't want to fight Poirier again unless it's something that Dustin feels he needs to have back. Um, to, they're one-one. Does it? Do we need a trilogy? I mean, I'd love to see it, but do we need it, or can we? You know, it, it'll always be there. Maybe we come back in three years' time when these guys are out of their primes. But is it something that you'd want to see immediately? Nah, not really. Do you? I, I mean, I would like to see it down the line, but. I don't think it needs to happen. These guys respect each other so much and have, you know, great appreciation for each other's skill set and their game. They now know they know you knock you can knock me out and I can knock you out. And honestly, this is, you know, you could flip you could they could fight a hundred times and it could end up being 49, 51, one way or the other. Like it's super close. These both these guys are, you know, at the very top of the tree when it comes to 155 pounds. So I'd love to see them fight again. I watch I them fight that- every week, but I also I'm happy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm yeah, happy to it. enjoy yeah. the five rounds of, of fighting that we've had for them as well. And not everything has to be a trilogy or a quadrilogy. It doesn't have to be. 
if we can just enjoy the fights for what we had. Um, and it's not like they were true title fights either. So do, do we actually need a trilogy? I don't know. I'd love to see it, but I don't know if we need it. Yeah, uh, you're spot on there, actually. Like, of course you want to watch them fight again, but yeah, I just don't think it's the... It's not the right move right now for them to fight. There's too much other shit that could happen, but... Yeah, with with your fighting Gaethje, though, it's just like, I feel like it's always a 50-50 chance that you're going <laughs> to beat him because he's just so fucking crazy. You know, that's just what he does. That's why he gets so many bonuses because he just puts it all on the line, but... I've always just thought, like, if Gaethje could just put it all together, he's he, he's the best in the world. I, but I think we're starting yeah. to see him do that. Look at his last fight with Fazeev, and now this fight, he didn't, you know, he didn't completely. I think he got he got clipped in the, in the first round by, and I don't think he was in super trouble. But he didn't just then wade into the phone box and start like trading punch for punch. Like I think we're starting to see a smarter Justin Gaethje. I hope so. I hope so. I love him. And like, even though he's fighting smarter, it's still so yeah. entertaining. So, yeah, I up. mean, he, let, let, let's say that like in, in, in his first half a dozen UFC fights or whatever, he was 100% entertainment, 0% concerned about the results. And I think we've seen that pendulum swing a little bit, but he's, he's probably, he's, pro he's still not, it's still not even 50 50. He's still, he's still providing that fan favoritism, that, elite level of entertainment that we've come to know and love from Justin Gaethje, but still, but now at the back of the mind, he's just doing a little bit smarter and no doubt Trevor Whitman's played a, played a, a fundamental role in that. And the game plan was perfect. We saw, you know, it was a mirror image of Leon's head kick. We had another head kick knockout uh, with, with Roman Kopolov earlier on in the prelims, Salt Lake city and head kicks, baby go hand in hand. Do you think, do you think Leon was sitting at home or wherever he was watching the fights going, Mine was better. Come on. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> but I also think you know, you know the uh, you know the um, uh, the the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's on the TV drinking a beer and he points at the TV. That was one hundred percent Leon Edwards on uh, on the early hours of Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, that's. Fucking <laughs> I'm gonna I'm that. gonna make that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make that before this goes out. Otherwise, someone's going to steal my million-dollar meme. <laughs> um, all right, co-main event. Uh, probably didn't live up to the hype that we were expecting, and I definitely attribute this to altitude. Two big guys, you know, Blahovic is 40, Pereira's a bit older as well, uh, and it just, it just didn't catch fire. And I don't want to spend forever talking about it. Pereira gets the nod. He moves on. He'll probably get a title. You know, he'll probably fight for the for the belt next. Blahovic, tough at 40 to, to sort of come back from that and make another title run. I'm curious to see what he does next. He previously teased the drop down to middleweight. At his age, I don't know whether dropping all that weight is a great idea. But shit, if he does, sign me up for Blahovic versus Izzy down, down the line. R run that one back at 185 pounds. But yeah. Did, did you think Blahovic should have, should have had his hand raised? I certainly did. Oh shit! I haven't rewatched it, and I don't. No, I don't think I did. Now that you're saying that, I'm like, I, no, I, th I think I thought Pereira won, but did I, I? Did everyone think that? Was that the Twitter noise that everyone thought? Uh, well, uh, once again, it's been robbery this, robbery that, and it was oh, clear, really? clear, clear round one two. 
Blahovic, clear round two to Pereira, and then you have the, the round three. Now, I think Blahovic did just enough. One thing that sort of didn't work in his favour was the fact that he was just absolutely exhausted. Yeah. And I think the yeah. shots Pereira was landing made it look like they were doing more to him than they actually were. And he, what his leg was absolutely chopped to pieces. I had Blahovic winning. I thought he won. But like, let's call it let's call it a sixty forty in terms of percentages of winning the round. To me, that doesn't consist of consist of a robbery. It a robbery is like the most egregious bad scoring. You know, it has to be like seventy five twenty five to to or eighty twenty to for me to constitute it a robbery. Like folk Islam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So. Just one of those things. And unfortunately for, for Jan, I thought he was going to get him out there in the first round. He just couldn't finish the rear naked choke. He dominated that first round, but I think he also burned himself out and he was completely spent then from very good grappling. But I think if you get Pereira, who who isn't a great grappler in that position, you have to finish the fight. And that's why I think Yuri Pohatka runs through Pereira. I think he's a much better um, uh, grappler than, than Blahovic is, especially when it comes to finishing submissions. And I don't think he would he would allow Pereira to escape from from such a such a dangerous position, and that's why I think uh, Yuri will will retain the reclaim his belt against Pereira. But shit, man, that's a fun fight. Two absolute savages, two absolute alpha males who are just some of the most terrifying human beings going face to face. That is going to be a hell of a fight whenever that happens. For Yan, yeah, take some time off. Um, and in, in a few months, assess what he wants to do next. But I'll always watch Polish Power fight. He's just, just, a, just a fun, fun dude. Yeah. Speaking too. of fun dudes, though, they don't come more fun than one black beast, Mister Derek Lewis. His his balls were hot the again. This. <laughs> this is the reason why the co-main event felt extra boring as well, because Derek Lewis just lit the place on fire. You know, yep. right before it, man. It's not, there's nothing you can really say. Everyone I'm, that's listening, I'm sure, watched the knockout, but it was not the knockout that was the most entertaining part of this fight. He got the kid off. Through his cup. Through his cup, through his gloves, through everything into the crowd. It was unbelievable. He had Rogan in stitches. He could barely barely get his words out for his, his, his post-fight interview, which was really just a... Derek Lewis doing a quick, a quick uh, sixty-second stand-up routine. It was just incredible, and he saw Jorge Masvidal in the crowd and went flying knee. Jorge, hold my beer. Whoa, bam! <laughs> I mean, just. I, I, and I genuinely think Derek Lewis was like, you know, fuck this altitude. I know I'm going to be cooked after one round. Let's get him out of here in one. And oh my goodness, I never felt so good holding a holding a uh, bet ticket. Derek Lewis round one KO. What what a bet. What 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 a lovely bet that was as a, as a huge oh, uh, huge underdog. What was the round one knockout paying? Uh, five plus four hundred, so basically five dollars. Oh, yummy, yummy indeed, yummy. Good yummy night of betting. Indeed. Otherwise, uh, I had Gaethje as well. Um, uh, lot, but I had a uh, Spence as a uh, in in the boxing and a couple of other things didn't work out for me. I did have Jake Matthews though by submission, got that happy days. Um, but I had a really good parlay that was busted by Semmelsberger. I went five for six on a parlay, but unfortunately, uh, that 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 one didn't play out for me. But yeah, a plus a plus night overall, a plus night overall could have been better. Could have been better though. Had the opportunity to be a legendary night, but it was a good night. It was a good night indeed. But yeah, Derek Lewis is a free agent. 
I really hope the UFC resign him because he's just so much fun. He knows what he is now. He's not a title challenger. He's just in there to knock dudes out. And I would watch him standing there with any sort of heavyweight outside the top eight week after week and just see what happens. Someone's, <laughs> yeah. go, someone's going to sleep. It's incredible. Yeah, him and Bam Bam just fight until they both want to retire, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, we'll pay just you. Just quickly, we'll, actually, to go, go back to the co-main event and put my ANZ bias goggles back on, uh, Alex Pereira, how about you just back it up in UFC 293 against Adesanya, the UFC trilogy with Adesanya, vacant light heavyweight belt. Now, is that... Have you heard some some little birdie whispers? What's going on there, or is that just purely your your fantasy? I pitched that to my boss already, and he's like, "That would be cool, but that's not going to happen." Ah shit! Okay, so now I've got now I've got to push you. Have you heard anything about the main event? Anything at all? Nothing. Not 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 important enough yet. He's just there to nah, to, 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 to hit the uh, hit the Tweety Birds. Um, and by by the way, speaking of that, how many how many angry comments have you received on all of your posts about the ticket sales? Well, yeah, a lot, but I'm not sure they were really reminiscent of how people were actually feeling because it sold out in like 15 minutes the whole event. Yeah, this this, this so. is the thing. People are complaining about uh, the prices, the cards, and it's like, well, what do you expect? The event is going to sell out until until they don't sell out in in a, in a couple of days, then. That's the way things are going to be. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what people are hoping are hoping to happen. Remember, Australia didn't have. And I was trying to explain to these people, like on so you know, on Facebook group, MMA Facebook groups and stuff. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But it, it was like it was like three and a, it was like three and a half years or something. That's stupid. a great question. I know. I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? But it was like three and a half, and I'm not even being like a you know a, a UFC dick rider or anything. Your daughter, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's amazing what you can accomplish on the toilet. Um, <laughs> oh, and fuck. and uh, mate, she's six weeks old. She's stupid. She can't talk. She's an idiot. <laughs> she should have a fucking Twitter account then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I've already reserved it for her. She's got to get got to get chronically online. An ex account. And, uh, yeah, sorry, an ex account. Yeah. Um, where am I going with this? What, what was I going to say? Yeah, people already complaining. I was like, the UFC wasn't there for like three and a half years. You got an incredible card in, in in February. They're coming back already in September, and we know a bunch of like Aussie favorite fighters are going to be on the card. Like, what? What? And, and almost certainly, Adesanya is going to headline it. Like, what more? What more do you want? Like, I don't. I don't feel that that's. And like, oh, it's more expensive. I was like, I don't know if you guys noticed. Sydney's a more expensive city than Perth, and it costs a shitload more to rent the stadium in, in Sydney than it does in in Perth, where nobody wants to go because it's fucking Perth. But anyway, that's a, that's, that's a, my, t- and the UFC has just, it's, you know, it's who knows how much higher it's going to get, but it's hit, you know, an, an obvious peak in the last few years. Yes. And that makes the, that makes people that don't even watch fights, but have lots of money want to go to fights. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and it sucks because, too. because, you know, let's, let's say real fans and diehard fans who might not have that money. Yeah. It, it sucks. And I, I way in the future you know uh loyalty program that's uh that's set up um is my is my audio still good i, I just yeah, got it's all good man it's all good okay cool uh hopefully some kind of you know loyalty system set up to to encourage fans uh to, to assist fans and 
who spend money in the UFC store or go to events or, you know, have fight pass and all those things. I think that would be great. But for the time being, it's it's unfortunate the way it is. Live events cost a fortune to go to at the moment. All right, let's circle back to this card because a few more fights to talk about. Look, I don't want to get too deep into Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson other than, please, Tony Ferguson, bloody retire. You just look so washed. And and But, but secondly, I think Bobby Green... Let's say... I'm gonna care. I've got to be careful how I say this. I don't think he was upset that he. Title I, shot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he was upset that he. I poked Tony Ferguson because it happened immediately after the only time that Tony Ferguson had him in trouble and dropped him, and then uh, turned the, the Bobby Green recovered and then and then took over from the rest of the fight. So that opportunity, that one window that Ferguson had to do something, unfortunately got got delayed uh, by the eye poke. But that's yeah, just retire for Tony Ferguson and, and Bobby Green will just keep fighting. You know. Course, top 15 guys. That's that's sort of my only takeaway from this fight. Yeah, we learned nothing really. We learned nothing. <laughs> Big takeaway, and we had a bit of a rejig on the card because because uh, Michelle Pereira is a is a lazy, sloppy, unprofessional fighter who intentionally refused to make weight instead of going and doing his weight cuts. Uh, but we did get uh, Derek Lewis promoted to the main card, which was incredible. And then uh, Kevin Holland versus Michael Chiesa opened up the main card, and Kevin Holland looked unbelievable. So damn good. So damn good, man. And that's another guy I'm like, I want to see you fight. Uh, and he he's he's always game. I would love to see him fight like a Jack Della or something like that. Kevin Holland versus Jack Della, UFC 293. Like that fight needs, that needs to happen. Unbelievable. And I've, seen, I've actually seen heaps of people talking about that. Like that's not a that's not one that I have I've pulled, plucked out of nowhere that's unrealistic and far-fetched. That's that's a good chance, I think, if they both want it. Um, and Jack Dallas said he wants to fight at Sydney. Kevin Holland fights every three minutes. So, <laughs> um, how good that could be the third fight on, on the on the main card that oh, that fight is. I reckon hundred percent, hundred percent. Kevin Holland's such a, a big enough name now. He's he's ranked as well at welterweight. Be two ranked fighters going at one another. I can't believe he said afterwards he wants to go back to middleweight. No, Kevin, you're unbelievable at welterweight. Stay there. Stay there and, and, and enjoy the, the fruits of your labor and all the work that you've put in down at, down at welterweight. Please do that. Tell me. Tell me. Fight happens, Jack Della, Kevin Holland. Mate, I think at this point I have to lean Kevin Holland. I oh, think is it wow. I think I, Jack Dell is so good, but Kevin Holland's experience and well-rounded skill set, I think he could get Jack Dell to the ground. And I think his his jujitsu is is serious and his boxing is good enough and rangy enough for him. You know, remember was it was it Randy Brown that Jack Della knocked out in in um in in Perth yeah it was it was Randy Brown mm. and his just boxing is just not good enough and, and Jack Della was just able to get inside and, and, and handle it Kevin Holland's striking is good enough to to keep Jack Della on the outside to allow him to set up some other things I think it'd be a great fight and don't get me wrong I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Della went up to another level and, and won the fight it wouldn't shock me at all I just think at this stage of his career I think he might lose it I, I don't think it would you know it it wouldn't be the end of Jack Della by any stretch of the imagination it would be his toughest fight by a country mile no shame in losing to Kevin Holland. He goes away and you know learns from it, and I think we would see a better Jack Della as a result of it. But that's a hell of a fight, a fight I really, really want to see. Um, mate, sure. 
I'm. It's a very short episode. I, I, I've got a meeting. I've got to yeah. run to it a couple in a, in a couple of minutes. All I want to say is, well done, Jake Matthews. Great to see him get in the in the uh, in the win column. Sure. I, I want to say Pris- Priscilla Cachuera is a dirty, horrible fighter who's intentionally eye gouged, eye gouged, tried to oil check Miranda Maverick, and then tried to rip her top off as well. Just a pure scumbag. So it was nice to see her lose that fight. And look forward to, to UFC next week. We're back in front of a crowd again in Nashville. Uh, quick change in the main event. Huge opportunity for, for Rob Font stepping in ahead of uh, Umar Nurmagomedov fighting Corey Sandhagen, which will have big implications for the top of the bantamweight division. That should be a really fun card, and we'll bring you a full review show after that. But a nice quick episode. Adam, yeah. great to chat to you, man. I appreciate you making the time while you're on the, the family holiday up in, up in the NT. Hope you enjoy the rest of your trip. Tell the people what they need to know. Well, firstly, mate, no, no, thank you. Your busy life, dad life, working man, a million things on. So thank you for making the time as well. Uh, thank you, everyone that's listening. You can follow us at PunchDunkPod on Instagram, PunchDunkPod underscore on Twitter, Lewis Glover MMA on Twitter, PunchDunkPod at gmail.com, PunchDunkPod on YouTube, and five stars, Apple, five stars, Spotify. Give us a rating wherever you see us. Give us a Google review if you like. But, yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lewis. And, uh, mate, we did it. We did it. Two minutes to spare if you... We did it. If you ask me. Peace. See ya.